Congratulations, you made it to the XFIL. Now sit back and relax, empty your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, cue up that Tarkovian elevator music for Prager. Let's get it. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me, as always, is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new to the show, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk all things EFT, and we're trying to get better at the game, and we hope you will come along and get better with us. Before we jump into the show, let's get our hideout-keeping stuff out of the way, and to be honest, it's kind of a mess this week. Uh, We got a couple extra things that we need to Tetris into place. So here we go. As you are well aware, hopefully by now, and if it's your first time, we want you to know the best way to support the show is always to share the podcast with a friend who's playing Tarkov or is thinking about picking up the game. Best thing you could do for us. Second to that, it's giving us a review on your viewing platform or listening platform of choice. And if you can't give us a rating, please give us a comment. Find a way to comment. All of that helps us tremendously. And speaking of that, we've now got 67 five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much, and a special thank you to those of you who took the time to write a review. This week, we wanted to give a special shout-out to Hydro Slush and Justin. Thank you guys so much. The next thing I want to talk about was some of you have come and subscribed to the Twitch channel, and you've come to my Twitch channel and subscribed, and we've also had a number of people reach out wanting to support financially, which is amazing. Just the offer is amazing. And because of that, we went ahead and set up a Patreon under XP Media, and we'll definitely update it in the future, but it's there. We've had a few people that have been kind of hounding us for that, so we wanted to get that up. It's available. That's a direct support for the show. So again, to those of you that have already come by my Twitch channel and are just looking for a way to help, that's the way. Patreon will be where we send people for that. Thanks for the constant nudges. And uh, it's up. It's there. So we'll figure out exactly what to do with it going forward. But you'll be able to uh, pledge on that. So that's there. And yeah, so we'd also appreciate uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's over at youtube.com forward slash XP Media now. And I wanted to do a quick little announcement on XFIL Bootcamp. We're starting to release some guides, some gameplay footage, and we put one out there this week. We already had some great feedback on that. One of the things that we heard from a few of you was that the gameplay sound wasn't quite high enough for you to hear some of the things I was calling out in the video. So we've actually re-uploaded that video and we're updating the sound on that video as well. And we'll make sure that the in-game audio is loud enough for you to hear going forward. So thank you for reaching out and thank you for having that honestly constructive criticism that just helps us get better. Uh, But that video will actually be back up to date with better sound. So go check that out again if you liked that factory walkthrough. If you're looking for me, you can always find me on Twitch a couple days a week at MTB Trigger there. And I'm also on Twitter at MTB Trigger. And Ronald, let these fine folks know how you're doing this evening and where to find you. 
Hey, how's it going, everybody? Yeah, you absolutely can find me in Discord. That is the best way. We're on Discord all day long, interacting with the community, welcoming new people into general chat. And you can find me there. Uh, Send me a DM on Discord. I'm monitoring those and talking to people all day long there. If you want to email the show, if you have something lengthy to say, you don't want to do it on Discord, you have something specific you want to send us, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. We're checking that email address all day long. And lastly, if you don't want to jump in the Discord or can't, but you're watching the Twitch channel during the week, I'm usually hanging out in chat and Twitch, uh, just hanging out and talking whatever whatever we got going on for that day. Awesome, man. So tonight on the show, we're going to talk about something I'm really excited to talk about because it's related to a specific set of raids that Ronald and I did a few days ago. We're going to be talking about breaking into the mid-game of Tarkov, what that means, the emotions behind it, all of that. We also want to do a little bit of a follow-up on our budget gun conversation and setup. There's been a tremendous amount of talk in the Discord around budget guns, what to use, how to use, when to use it. And then we also have a couple other things that we want to talk about specifically related to strategy and key bindings and some things that you may just not know about that. uh, I'll be completely honest. I learned something just a few days ago at level 42 that I honestly didn't know you could do. And you're probably going to laugh at me when you find out what it is, but I'm not going to let you do that yet. You're going to have to wait. Let's uh, let's dig into like what what we do this week. I, I don't want to talk about that specific set of raids that I know we're going to get into, but I want to talk about uh, my week in Tarkov, and then we'll have Ronald kind of talk about his. And uh, for me, it's been tasks, tasks, tasks. Right? I'm I'm not grinding for the Kappa container, but I definitely have my eyes set on it. So I'm consciously doing tasks when I'm grouping with people or playing solo. I'm just trying to knock things down. So <laughs> it's kind of funny that you know maybe you'll uh, <laughs> maybe you'll laugh about this. Maybe you were in the stream, but I was actually finishing up the edit, and the timing of this is is kind of really odd. You're going to be hearing about this now, but this was today. It's such a weird thing with podcasting, right? But I was finishing up the edit on last week's episode on stream chatting with people. And then I was taking mini breaks uh, to scab on factory and then show people some loot runs on interchange. And I had two like really epic battles and and they like completely trumped my whole week of Tarkov. I'm just thinking about these two engagements, right? Like I was sitting here trying to figure out what did I do this week? And I could only think about these two raids that happened today. And the first one, I'm in factory and I scav in and I've got the SA-58. I've got the foul. And I'm like, ooh, I am going to do some work. So I sneak up the metal steps outside of the breezeway, is what I would call it, up to the office area. Because I hear a guy shooting up there and he keeps shooting suppressed shots. He's killing people. I hear him scream. And then I finally hear him like run down the stairs and I know he's going for the fill. And I see another scab chasing him towards exit three. And I'm like, decision time. I'm up in the hole on the breezeway, and I decide to jump out of that hole onto the connex, and then off of the connex onto the ground. As I'm hitting the ground, and this is Chad, or this is a Chad. I'm I'm in Chad mode, and I'm I'm chasing Chad down. Like this guy's got an Alton helmet on, major suppressed automatic fire. He kills the guy chasing after him, and then I peek in. The door to the exit's closed, and for a brief second, I thought he was gone. But then I saw the door open, 
and I just mowed this Chad down, like right in his back as he was l- going to the exfil. Yes. And, <laughs> right? And I was like, I-, I really don't like exit camping. And this wasn't an exit camp, but I will shoot you if you're running to the exit. You better believe it. But you probably won't find me camping there. But I loot this guy, open up his loot, and he's got two kitted out guns. He's got Gen 6 armor. He's got an Alton. He's got a ULAC. Like, this is just like a loot pinata that fell in my lap. So we get out with that. So that was the first one. And sorry if I'm rambling here, but I love Tarkov stories. I love reading them in the Discord, and it's cool when you have them. The second one is I was working on the 3M armor task, which you have to go into interchange wearing the class 2 3M armor and the respirator and get 30 scab kills within 60 meters, right? It's brutal because if anything shoots at you, you're just dead because you basically don't have armor. I get into, not Attic, but the one across from it, maybe Brutal. No, no, General. It was General. And I'm working on some scabs, and then I hear a whole group of PMCs run into the closing store, presumably to do the planting. I think they're planting the Comtax or whatever it is you have to plant over there. And so I get a cheeky angle, I shoot at one of them, and then they know where I'm at, so they're coming. And it turned out to be a one-on-four, and I'm wearing garbage-tier armor. And I ended up winning the one-on-four close quarters combat with four PMCs leveled like 28 to 42, and they were kitted out, man. So it was just nuts. It was awesome. Like, it was Tarkov in two raids today on mini breaks (laughs) while editing, but it was just, it was awesome, man. And I just like, I can't even remember what else I did this week because I'm just like flooded with like, I want to get back to interchange. I want to go fight, man. Like, it, it was Chad on Chad action, and it was beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. My week has been spent uh, not in the flea market, so I've been spending money, not making money this week. That's new. Yep, yep. (laughs) Just like last week I had mentioned that, you know, I'd I'd left the safety of the flea market and the rat in me was, you know, a little scared, but we were all right. So this, this week I've been doing a lot of tasks and along, you know, kind of along that line, it's been super fun. I'm leveling, unlocking different traders for different things and getting a lot of, you know, just kind of that breaking through to the mid game kind of experience, the early part of the mid game. And I would say it's been both frustrating and amazing all at the same time. The gambit of emotions is, is a lot is a lot wider than what I normally have been playing, but I've been really been enjoying it. So a couple of notable things. On Shoreline, I won my first one versus three PMC. Nice. On the way out of resort, I got stuck in a situation where there was some scavs and there was some PMCs and there was only nine minutes left and it was time to go. And so I was actually able to to creep down one of the ledges kind of on the west side of resort. And I was waiting because I knew there was two guys that were working together that were following me. And so as one of them came through, there's a hole in the fence. I clipped the first guy and then I moved and I rotated around. Total trigger Chad move. I rotated around, got the guy, got the second guy. And it was a third, the third guy. This is what made it epic. I didn't know he was there. The third guy shot at me and missed. I turned around and jumped, clapped him in the head, and I still had I still had to run all the way over to uh to Rune House fence. I'm yes. like, you know, amped up and it was awesome. It was awesome. For some of you that's like, you know, every day for for Ronald, that's not every day in Tarkov. So that was that was pretty cool. And the reason why, I mean, I've ha- I've gone through this evolution of gear fear, and I really want to talk about that tonight because I think 
it can maybe help some people that are struggling with gear fear and struggling with gun fear, trying to figure out what to do. But the reason why I won that was because I was using a good gun. I had good armor on and I'm starting to play with stuff that's going to make me successful. Not I'm playing to not lose. You know, I used to play not to lose, but now I'm playing to win. And there's just such a difference in mindset there. And so this week is really... Uh, I've crossed the corner there. And so it's been super fun to do that. It's also super expensive. <laughs> so. so, well, I, I, I guess I want to dig into that because it's kind of related to where we were going to go anyway and those raids that we were going to talk about. But when you're talking about super expensive and you're talking about the good gear that allowed you to do that, maybe it's worth talking about what your normal gear was and what this gear was. Because again, everyone's in different stages of the game. And I think it's important to kind of break that down. So like, what were you buying before this? And what did you have in this raid? And then like in your own mind, like what, why was it different? What made it different? So beforehand, I was using whatever I could find. So I had already made the leap that I wasn't using anything that was level two, because that's just not good. Yeah. And so now, because I've unlocked a couple traders at level two and level three, I can buy level four armor, you know, whichever version or flavor that you'd want to get. But level four armor, that is every time I go into a raid, I get a new one and I can afford that because it's not that expensive once you unlock the traders. And the whole unlocking the trader system was something I didn't understand the benefit of. I mean, I've seen people do it, seen people talk about it, but didn't really understand the complete benefit of it and still don't really because I'm only kind of in the middle point of it. But what I have unlocked now has allowed me to have a constant flow of good armor. So whether it's good tack rigs or good body armor, whatever, I, I kind of agree with the comment you made last week about helmets, I'm not so sure how much helmets really matter. I've gotten one-shotted uh, through a ULAC, you know, a brand new ULAC, and it's like, you know, that was however much, 60, 70 grand for no reason. I kind of think that, you know, helmets are kind of whatever. It's a yes or a no. It's personal preference. But anyways, but as far as body armor and, and tack rig go, whatever combination, if you get a tack rig that is not armor and you have to wear like a body armor piece or whatever, or if you want to do a tack rig that's armor, if you can get that from one of your traders, you really have to take full advantage of that. That's the first thing as far as armor goes. And the second thing as far as guns go is ammo kills people in this game, man. It is ammo is what kills people. And you need to get comfortable with one gun to the point where you can just put good ammo in it. And I'm starting, I'm a firm believer. If you can get back to a point where I'm comfortable with a type of gun and it could be either an AK of some kind or some kind of bolt action like a Mosin or an AK or whatever, or even a Hunter or something something. Just pick a gun that your something is, is comfortable with. Then you can really change the ammo up, get a little bit more expensive ammo, and you really will find yourself being quite a bit more effective. And that's that's kind of where my week has gone so far. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so you kind of like, you talked about a bunch of stuff there, right? And there's this sort of this like eye-opening experience every time you go through like you unlock something, right? You get a new trader or you unlock a task that opened up a certain kind of armor that like Ragman will sell you now. And it's kind of incredible, right? Like I, I've been pushing tasks and pushing leveling traders on uh, people that are newer to the game as probably the best thing to focus on because what you sort of experienced and I was kind of there experiencing it live with you was like, oh my gosh, like Ragman will sell me a Burkit now? <laughs> Like, wait, I don't need all these MBSSs or, like, you know, like there was just these moments of aha that 
again, I don't want to have the aha moment for other people. And and for everyone listening, like all you guys, like I don't want to tell you something like you have to go do it this way. But I do like pushing people in a direction to see if the same aha moment happens. And it was really cool when those traders unlocked and we had the discord stream up and, and I'm just seeing him be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like, oh, I can get this now, so I don't need to hold on to these from scabs or da da da. Like, it, it was so cool, like watching that in the moment. Yeah, I mean, you do pick up a great point about the bags, right? So I wasn't using anything smaller than an MBSS up to the point, but I still wasn't. You know, I still had some gear fear around a scab backpack or a burkett, just because those are expensive if you're going to buy them. But now when I can buy one for 17k, it changed my particular view on what bag I take. So now I don't take anything less than a burkett or a scab backpack, whatever, because why not, right? And so I don't remember what is that armor that unlocks. I don't remember who sells it, but it was the armor that that I've been buying a six B something or what was what was it. Are you talking about the armored vest or are you talking about the actual like plate armor, like the camo plate, the class four plate? No, it's the armor tack rig. The armor tack rig. Is it class three or class four? It's four. Yeah, so it's probably the Ule. I think it's the 6B23 or the 6B3. Or I could tell you the slots. It's got, you know, four two slotters and two single slots <laughs> on it when you equip it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't right now. I don't remember at the top of my head, but that's the one that I've been buying because that's the one that was unlocked in the trader. And between that and a Burkett, oh, I've been using an HK416 uh, with a pretty fancy scope. Now that gun to build it's about 350k, mm. and the, I've been using um, M855A1 ammo in it. I forget exactly how much that is now. It's, the price has been fluctuating pretty crazy up and down, but it's probably you know right around a thousand rubles a bullet somewhere in there. Yeah. But let me tell you, like, and I've lost a couple of them, right? So I've spent a million dollars in guns this week. But I will say one thing that has allowed me this week to kill probably 50 scavs, which for my game is a totally different situation. And I had a major, major breakthrough in this. You know, a lot of people are going to shake their head at this. And I'm hoping one person, just one person, and please comment somewhere or send me a DM. <laughs> So we can have a private moment where we can no, both enjoy chat. this. No, <laughs> for no. the world to see in general chat. I don't want all of the chats to make fun of the poor person that didn't know this, but you are with me in this in ADS and you're zoomed in on somebody. Hold alt and your gun doesn't move. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, I felt like such an idiot when you told me that no, on stream. This, oh, hold this on, is, no, no, no. This, this is, is like... amazing. It's amazing because... Here's the thing, and and I'm going to bring this back because I want to break down how this happened, okay? So we're running in a uh, four-man group. It's myself, it's Ronald, it's Dadcaster, and it's our friend James Earl Bones, right? And uh, James and Dad have played together for a couple wipes. They're very good at the game, and we're relatively new. And I come from FPS recently. Ronald is an old-school FPS gamer. Tarkov is his venture back in. And and we're running around woods, okay? So wide open map. It's raining. It's foggy. And dark. And it's dark because we're trying to get some tasks done where you plant like right out in the open or you have to go grab stuff in the lumber camp. So he needs to kill some scabs. So we're spotting. It was hard to see, right? And I'm going to say that up front. Like they were not easy to spot, but there was this point where we're trying to get him scab kills and he's having a hard time scoping in and finding him. And so then we're like, okay, we got to get better comms. So then we start explaining it 
more thoroughly and it still wasn't working very well. And honestly, I was having a hard time finding them. So for someone who's not used to spotting, and this is my whole reason for bringing this up, is spotting in this game is such a huge thing. And there's a couple of settings I want you all to look at or go find the videos and we'll try to link them. Um, I'm going to write myself a note right now to get the uh, field of view video. But basically, he's having a hard time spotting them. But then when he does spot them, they're like 75 to 125 meter shots, which again, I'm used to taking. I'm used to hitting those. It's not a big deal. Well, he's shooting like seven shots, right? And we're like, hey, the guy's right over there. He's about to go to that rock. Can you take him out? And you hear this two, 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 and the guy's not dropping. And then we're like... Everything okay? What's going on? Is your gun zeroed in right? We're asking all these questions. And there was this moment of honesty that I will now never forget. Because he's like, yeah, I see the guy, but my crosshair is moving. And I ha- I, I muted my mic in Discord because I, w- I started laughing. It wasn't laughing at him. It was laughing at myself for realizing how many assumptions I made for the way that people play this game. If you're not used to playing FPS games, I'm going to say something, and this is what Eric was talking about. You can hold your breath while you zoom in, okay? And it will steady your aim tremendously. And the default key is Alt, which is a very common breath hold in FPS shooters, in modern FPS. So, so he's zoomed in, and I'm laughing, right? I'm muted, and I hear Dad go, uh, hit alt. <laughs> and, and you're like, dude, you were like, oh my gosh. And I'm not kidding you. The, the biggest change happened. It went from he was shooting like seven or eight bullets to drop scavs to all of a sudden it was one or two shots per scav. And I'm just like, I cannot believe I didn't even think to ask what's going on. Why aren't you hitting these shots? And you're sounding like kind of embarrassed and you're kind of laughing about it. I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't take the time to f- help you figure it out sooner. That that moment to me was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk through a bunch of extra stuff, which is what led this whole raid series that night to be really, really cool in my opinion. Well, this is one of those things that, yes, you know, it could be considered embarrassing for me, but it's not. I don't really care that much. I mean, we're doing this podcast because the only way to really get better at something is to honestly reflect on it, right? So, yeah, this is one of those topics that is perfect for this because I had no idea. It was more than an aha moment. It was one of those things that changed my Tarkov game completely. Just a simple little thing like that. And I hope it helps at least one person listening to this where the next time you go in and you're looking through a scope, you hit alt and it steadies you enough where you start one-shotting people. Because we've already talked about gun mastery, finding a gun you're comfortable with, and we've already talked about bullets, right? And I was kind of frustrated because I had a good gun and I had good bullets and it wasn't really helping me that much. But now that I just know the simple thing to steady when aiming, in that same woods run, Maybe or maybe it was the next one. I killed the sniper scav at the top of the mountain, right? And that's like a 300 yard shot. And so, and that's not something that I would have done in the past very reliably. And so it was a good moment. It was definitely a good learning week for things in Tarkov. That was one of a couple things that happened this week. And it definitely changed my game to the point now where, like I said, I probably, since we had that particular raid, I've probably killed another 50 scavs, which is a lot for me. So I've really had a good week after that point. Well, and I'm going to admit to something that I kind of mentioned before. While we're sitting here laughing about 
you not knowing about the breath holding button. And if, if you didn't know this, right, or you're not really familiar with the mechanic, you can hold your breath for a very long time in this game. If you're sniping in and trying to find something, hit alt because you can really zoom in for a very long time. The funny part is we're now in this moment where dad, James, and I, we're like, okay, we got to figure out other ways to help. So in the moment, he, you know, like it's raining. It was hard to see these scabs. We wanted to help him get these kills. And before that revelation of the breath hold, it was more about spotting. And I'm realizing that I have 2,000 hours in PUBG, which is literally a game about spotting enemies. So I'm very used to scanning the horizon. I know how to look for differences in the silhouette, like the grass or the trees. And so I have a very quick eye when it comes to spotting because I'm trained to do it. Well, Eric's like, dude, I, I see where you think this guy is supposed to be, but I'm not seeing him. So it forced us into this decision moment. Like, do we just shoot these scabs and move on or do we help out? So we came up with this strategy in this four-man group where someone would spot a scab, I would spot the scab, and then I would go stand in between the scab and Ronald. And I'd be like, he's he's basically over me, scan that area. And I'm talking in like five minutes of listening to the comm and then have one marker that he could use. After five minutes of that, it was no longer needed. He was just saying, oh, yep, okay, I see the one that you saw, boom, takes him out one shot. Find ways to help the people you're playing with and ask the questions like, what are you struggling with? You know, and <laughs> there's these moments of tension, right, where someone's like, he's by the rock. There's one rock. <laughs> and then it's, I don't see him. And then you can feel the emotions rising, right? This is a tense game. If that's happening, you got to be the person that says, okay, he's having a problem spotting. Let's see, how can we help? I was shining a flashlight. We were putting laser dots on the rock and saying, look to the right side. He's going to walk left to right. Because here's the deal. If you're having trouble spotting in this game, you're probably also not going to be anticipating where the AI is going to go if you're having a trouble finding them. So it was like, we're putting lasers on a rock and we're like, he's going to be moving left to right aim to the right of this rock, he's going to come around the rock. And it just started clicking and you could feel it in the moment. It was so cool. Yeah. And, and after all of this, right? So playing with your friends, right, is the most like the funnest thing you can do in video games, I think anyways. So we're kind of getting this done. And two things, two very important things come out of it when you can figure out a way to help somebody get better at a game that you want to play. The, the first thing is they have more fun. One of the challenges that is, is both for the new player and the super experienced player is that you when you play, when you're a new player playing with a super experienced player, you don't know what's going on. And you're either, and I've mentioned this a couple times in the other Excel podcasts, there are going to be times where you're too embarrassed to ask like what's going on. And so you end up like just in Tarkov, you end up running around following somebody and barely keeping up. You're not looting. You're not progressing your character. You just end up like running around following them. And so to me, it's always been beneficial to ask when I don't know what's going on with something. And the other thing is, once your person you're trying to teach is having more fun, you have more fun. <laughs> Because then it turns into all of a sudden the comms get better. All of a sudden the gameplay gets better. And so everything that you've taught them becomes like muscle memory and just common kind of how they play the game. And then it becomes a whole lot more fun to play together. So it, it's a win-win, but it does take a lot of patience to teach Tarkov to people. And I think that, I mean, I had a great time with, with you and dad and James because you guys are good at that. And you're right. It, it only took one run of those things. And it was kind of crazy. Like you literally took the time in the dark to say, okay, I'm crouching, aim over my head 
and I'm shining my flashlight in this direction. And you got out of the way and I found the guy and started clapping him. And it went from seven shots to one shot or two shots. And because of that, now, after that particular raid, I started to have a whole lot more fun and I had the confidence to take better guns in with me. I basically only use two different guns now and to take in better armor with me. And my success ratio is quite a bit higher than it ever has been. And it, it just a few little tweaks to my game, uh, playing with people who are patient enough to teach me a couple things changes everything, right? And so, and then the next time that we play together, it's more fun for you because I'm playing at a higher level. And so I think, I think everybody wins and that's kind of our whole goal with what we're doing is to try to make everybody better, but not try to embarrass people. And that's why we tell the stories about how we mess up in this game is to try to convey a re- relay the message that it's, it's actually okay to talk about it and, you know, it is what it is. You know, you're going to you're going to get better. <laughs> yeah, and you noticed that I didn't talk about the uh six scav fails that I had today <laughs> when I was telling my stream stories. But you said something that I'm actually really interested to hear your thought process now because last week we talked about budget guns and the thought process behind them. And then you sort of had this breakthrough in the last few days. And I hear you saying some things that I've come to believe in the game that if you take in better gear and give yourself a higher success chance, that's actually more budget friendly than taking in the most inexpensive or found item in the long run. So I'm curious, has your concept in the last week on a budget loadout changed with all the stuff that you've learned in the last few days? Oh, that's an interesting question. I would say yes, but it comes down to everybody has maps that they're comfortable on. Everybody has maps that they're learning on. I don't necessarily enter a raid now on a map where I'm learning expecting to die like I did before. So I know I will die. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, but what I I mean to say is that instead of playing defensively, just trying to live, I'm playing more of like, okay, I've got something to do, so I'm going to go do it. And if I run across someone they better be on their A game because I'm going to shoot them in the face. You know, and that's that's the way you have to play a game like this. You really can't play scared, but everybody plays scared for a long time. I mean, I, I, it just happens. I don't know how to say that. So I'm starting to play scared less. Because of that, I think my, my favorite budget gun that I take when it's very situational, right? So going into um, Interchange, uh, the only gun I take now is that MDR. Or which, yeah, the MDR, yeah. The, the, the MDR build that we came up with, which I'm happy to talk to anybody about. Shoot me a DM in Discord and I'll share with you the MDR build that I've been using. Uh, that's the only gun I use now in Interchange and it works great. So what we could do actually in the when this when this episode goes live, what we'll do is you can actually open up the gun modding section and it'll have all the parts, right? You can see all the parts that are on it. You can take a screenshot of that. And we'll put that in the show area. That'd be a good way to do that. So that way someone's curious what you're talking about there. And it's just so funny, right? Because I'm, I'm going to go back just a little bit because the MDR just triggered my memory. I'm sitting here remembering like there was a point where you had a couple of these revelations. And then we're sitting there after the raid and you're in your, uh, your you had your stream up so that the three of us could look at it. And it was kind of like 
you were like, yeah, my, my inventory is kind of a mess. I'm not sure like what of this stuff I need. And like, well, go look at your traders. And this is dad and James, right? I, I went silent for like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Like it was, it was a long time and I had a lot of stuff to sell. So it was perfect. I did all kinds of beautiful Tetris art in my inventory while this was going on, but I'm just listening to it. And this is in between a raid. And they're like, well, pull up your stream. Like, let's look at it. And he pulls up his inventory and they're like, okay, well, we need to get you these traders leveled up because you have the level, you have the rep, you just need the amount sold. They showed him a strategy where you can buy an item and then sell it on the flea market or vice versa and lose very little money and it helps you level up the traders, right? So for Ragman, I think it's the Triton, or maybe that was Skier. I can't remember which one it was, but there's ways to minimize your spend and recoup a lot of the losses and level that up. So that's where he got the traders. But then it was just this moment of like, okay, dude, you have 4 million rubles right now. You've got level two traders. Like you're going to go through, they made him sell all this stuff. And I could just hear the, like the rat. <laughs> I could, I could, I could hear him just being like, no, not that gun. <laughs> like why? And there was this amazing moment where dad says, okay, sell that. And you were like, no. And he goes, Why? And I don't remember what the reason was, but you were like, you had a reason why you weren't going to sell that. And he goes, good, you have a reason. Okay, now sell this, sell this, sell this, sell this. And they, they clean the inventory out. And then it was like, okay, well, how do you like to play? And then they showed him this MDR build that was like, okay, here is your mid-game essential. Here is the gun that you should try and go in with because it already comes with all of these parts on it and you just need a couple things to to finish it. And now to hear you a couple days later, like, this is the gun. This is my gun. This is the one. I'll share the preset. It tells me that you've been enjoying running with that gun. But it's it was just that 45 minutes where I was quiet, man. I'm just listening. I'm taking it in. And it was really cool just to hear that progression of like, oh, I can get this from the trader. Oh, I can build this gun. Oh, here's how you save that preset. Here's how you can build another one. Let me show you how to do that. And then after all that was done, we went and did like three raids in quick succession with really good success. Yeah. So one very important thing happened that was different when dad was going through the gun inventory with me. I've had a couple people talk. I've t- I should say this. I've had conversations with a few people regarding guns and what not to keep. But very rarely do you, at least for me, have I had an in-depth conversation about what to use and why. And the difference for me is I just the way that my brain works, dad was like, sell all this stuff. You just don't need any of this stuff. And so I just made a decision that what I was doing was not working great. So I thought, okay, we're going to try something new. And so I I said yes to everything except one gun that I wanted to keep because I wanted to to play with it. And then and then I asked him like, okay, so what can I use? I need I need a I need a like a 100 meter or less gun that I can use for kind of close close quarters where I can take maybe 90 to 120 rounds into a PMC raid with me where I don't have to worry about like the bullets not being effective. Like I need I need something where I can shoot three or four times and kill somebody. If I make three or four hits, I need to kill them with the right ammo. And that was that was like my criteria. And he's like, perfect. We're gonna make an MDR. Go buy one of these and we're gonna make a preset. And I have been using that to great success on interchange just tearing up interchange. And it's so much fun because again, it comes down to being confident in the gun that you have that you can be successful with it, being confident kind of in the gear that you have, 
but because of the gun clean out that we did, I got rid of a bunch of things that I'll never ever use. Like for example, I had tons and tons and tons of AKs from scav runs, ADARs. I had tons of Mosins that you couldn't put scopes on. So like, I- I'm sure everyone's run into this. There's like two different families of Mosins that are very different. One of them is the, the scav will give you the sniper rifle version, which is the one that I kept because you can put a nice scope on that and use that for long range sniping. But one of them is the infantry version, which is really, it's not really worth much, but I still had a bunch of those because I was kind of afraid to, not afraid, I just figured I'd use them if I was down to nothing. And then I had a bunch of like um, MP5s and other just stuff, you know, just, just random stuff, which, which isn't great. And dad's like, no, we're just going to get rid of all of this. And I had a bunch of SV-98s. For some reason, I was thinking that those would be fun to keep. But those guns come with, you know, if you're going to play snipey sniper on a, on a map, that's good. But if you're but if you're going to try to get around anywhere, so we've talked about this before, how like the gun being too long to really be effective. And so those, I just got rid of all that stuff too. So it, it was a really good kind of focusing. I think one of the things I was struggling with was there's so many guns it's like, okay, I don't know a lot about any of them, so I'm going to keep all of them. Maybe I'll get lucky and find out someone's pre-made and I'll just have one of those to modify. And I think that, I think I was suffering from like gun selection overload and that was really hurting me. And now that I really only have one or two presets that I'm building, like I've got one preset for the MDR and I've got one preset for an HK416, which is very expensive, but it actually is, it is a great, great gun. For me anyways, it kind of narrowed my focus and I dismantle and sell everything else that I get. I've kind of made this decision that I'm going to go into the mid game in Tarkov. I'm going to go in with being really good with these two guns and kind of see what happens. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think, again, it's it's so good to talk about this related to the budget conversation and getting your economy more stable. Because, and I am, I am so guilty. Like, if you look at my weapons library, because that's what it is. I have an arsenal, man. And I've gotten to the point where my kill-death ratio is, like, approaching seven. And... Wow. And I'm like, I, I'm taking in guns way faster than I'm losing them. And so I've gone through a couple versions of what you're talking about where it was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to use an AKM. I'm not going to use an AK-105. I'm going to use the AK-74M. And I have a build that's a uh, 100,000 rubles, makes it a very low recoil gun. And I love it. I think if I was giving advice for somebody that is getting out of the beginning of the game and they're getting more comfortable and they're ready to start buying good ammo, doing some gun modding, I think saying that you're just going to get good with two guns, maybe a little limiting. I would say maybe pick one gun per caliber, maybe two guns per caliber and say like, okay, I'm going to use the M4 and the ADAR. And that's going to be my 556 by 45. And then I'm going to use the AK 74M for my 556 by 39. You know, like pick a couple guns. Maybe it's not two per caliber, but pick a couple guns that if you see them, you're going to keep them and you're going to mod them the way you want to use them. And that's a really good strategy for the mid game because it lets you do exactly what you were talking about. Sell the ones that you're just not going to use or you would sit on or you're just not quite sure how to use it the right way. And then over time, like you'll pick up a super kitted M4. Well, don't sell that. You know, go in and use it. 
when you're picking up like a stock AK-74N, and if that's not a gun you're comfortable with or you don't have a preset for it, break it down, sell it, turn that rubles into something else that you need or upgrade something else. So I actually really like that strategy, the way that you kind of brought it up, because it's that is a move out of the early game gear fear. And it's not saying like, I'm not going to use this stuff because I'm scared of it. It's that conscious decision to say, I'm not going to use this stuff because I'm not comfortable with it. I want to use something that I am comfortable with when I can. Because I will say this, you are going to get into some tasks that force you to use some guns that I promise you, you are not going to like at the start of it. But by the end of those tasks, you're going to understand how that weapon works when you get there. Yep. And I I do agree with what you're saying. I will say, though, that the, the progression scale, for me at least, is helped by having a limited selection of guns that I can get become an expert at right now for where I'm at. And eventually, when I get to those tasks... Uh, I will expand out, start keeping more, start using more and doing that thing. Uh, But for right now, for me anyways, having my short range, my long range is just about where I need to be, you know, given the amount of time I can play and given the rate at which I'm progressing and I'm having a great time with it. One of the benefits to the way that I have been playing is that I've got the economy down. I can afford to lose a, I can afford to lose a $300,000 gun. It's only a couple scav runs, maybe even one, and it's good. I'll go buy another one. I got the economy piece of it down, and I encourage everyone to really just get good at playing the flea market and find your one comfortable money scav run. We talked about this last week. We're finding your map where you're really comfortable. Pick a map. Doesn't matter what it is. Trigger likes interchange. I like shoreline. Doesn't matter. Pick your map that is the thing that you know all the little creepy hidey hole places and you don't have to worry about it and the thing you can make money at when you need money. And so I've got that part down. So I'm actually feeling good about using two guns right now because I, I've built two that are not the cheapest, but for me, they're really, really effective. And so I know I'll use more and for sure we'll use more, but for right now it's working good. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to see. And, you know, I, I guess I do want to speak really quick to, you know, we, we have a lot of people that are brand new, man. And if you're listening to all this and you're just like, what? <laughs> it gets better you will end up getting some cases through tasks. You will get some guns and you'll start finding that you're comfortable. You may pick up the MDR that Ronald's going to post in Discord and you may hate it. That's okay. There is a gun for your playstyle. I promise. Go find it. <clears throat> you know, if it's the FN pistol with really good ammo because you like the quick ADS and the mobility, get good with the FN pistol, but try stuff. And I, and again, I hear you that you are focused on two guns and having those like mastered. I just want to make sure that like, I don't know, that may help some people, but there's also some that like, don't be afraid to try guns. Like if you go into a raid with nothing else on and just a gun that you took off of somebody with some good ammo in it, worst case scenario, you die and lose a gun that you took off somebody else. So don't be afraid to try stuff, but also don't be afraid to master stuff. That's okay. Try it out, man. I, I think it's really cool. I'm I'm super glad that you found some guns that you're like, these are my mid-game guns. <laughs> yeah, me too. There's a just a weird learning curve wall with this game that it's easy to be mediocre, but it's really you, you just gotta you gotta find a way to burst through that like 
I don't know. There's just a weird wall with this game that is unusual for an FPS game. Usually with FPS games, it's just time. It's so repetitive. It's just time, time and reflexes. And with Tarkov, there's like another factor with the game that it's not just time and reflexes. You have to think a lot about what you're doing, which I think is going to give the game a lot of staying power, but also makes it that you just got to keep trying at it, keep asking questions. I'm really, uh, again, I, I mean, I'm really thankful for the Xfil Discord that we have going on. We've got over 300 people in there now, and everyone is really happy to kind of help each other and talk through different things. And because of that, I've learned a lot. And I think that uh, a lot of other people have learned a lot. And I'm really grateful that everyone's so willing to help out and and and. I'm really especially thankful for my own sake that everyone is so willing to answer questions that are asked. You know, we want to be a place where you can an- you can you can ask questions and I think it's just good because the game is too complicated to be super elitist. I mean, we can banter and things like that, but the one thing that if Tarkov is really going to make it, it's going to need people to not be super elitist. So, anyways, I'm really appreciative of that. So, that's all I have to say with all of that, but uh I think it's about time that uh, we wrap this up. Uh, I'm starting to see my little uh, my little green countdown happen on my screen. How about you, Trigger? Do you have anything else to add? <laughs> no, man. I think uh, this is one of those 60-second X-fills, I think. But no, I-, I agree with you. I think the cool part about this game, and we say it over and over, you can play it however you want. And you can play Tarkov, and you can play it in an elitist mindset, uh, but you will get clapped. <laughs> this game is too challenging to not to never die or to always be killing other people and there are some great players out there but again I just love the way this game is set up because even some of the best players that I watch on stream that are like the hyper chads and they uh, they die but they're also very very welcoming and like I see things like oh man I killed a level 17 I'm gonna throw their gear in the corner so they get it back like there's I just don't know other games where that happens and it's just so encouraging to continue uh to dig into it like dude i can't get enough of this game and for crying out loud my my mini breaks while streaming the editing process today turned into like 45 minute pmc run so um i'll just echo what eric said too about the discord man it's incredible we crossed 300 members in the discord um in the last day or two and for only being at this for not even a month and a half i think we're 40 days into it at the time of this recording um i just can't say thank you enough i mean we've met so many cool people and i just can't wait to keep doing it so thanks everybody yeah, I, I want to echo one special shout out here once bef- before we, we wrap this up. I just want to say thank you to Dadcaster and James Zero Bones. I had a great time playing with them. I always do have a great time playing with them. Also to uh, J-Mac, uh, you guys are awesome and you're way, way better than me, but yet you <laughs> welcome me with uh, open arms and I really appreciate that and it's been super fun. It's just been super fun to play Tarkov and uh, with, with you guys and I really appreciate everything. That's just a personal shout out, but like Mike said, we're getting close to the X-Fill, so that means that we got to wrap this up. So remember, everybody, you can find us out there wherever you listen to your podcast. So that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of the like 50 other places that we found out that podcasts happen now that we're making a podcast we're we're trying to get it everywhere for you also be sure to check out the talk show version of this where you can see trigger and i on on youtube so you can you can check out the video version of that and please sub there 
leave a comment and let us know what you think of that. We take everything to heart, even the constructive criticism, because we're always trying to get better at this. So that's about all I have to say. You can follow both of us on all the different socials. You've heard us say it many times, but you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronald Gaming, and you can hit me up in Discord, in the Xfil Discord, which the link will be in the show notes. And Mike, where can they find you quick? MTB Trigger on basically everything. Come on down. All right, that sounds good. Remember, everybody, have a great week. Good luck and scav often. We'll catch you later. See ya.